0: I've been trying to uh, think about uh, how I I, I winsomely invite you, all of us, into a deeper relationship with Jesus. And one of the things that just strikes me, so can I I take a couple risks here? You you okay with me just stepping out a little bit? One of the things I observe is that we have been, the, the, the Protestant tradition in America over the last 70 years has taken a number of very interesting pathways uh, and I think in times it's problematic. And one of the ways is way we have separated the clergy from the congregation. And somehow clergy are elevated or something, I don't know quite know what. And I, I'd, like to, I'd like to push back on that. I remind you what I said last week. If you read Jesus' context, there are only 9,000 people like me in the whole country of Israel when Jesus was alive. So there are millions of people and there were 9,000 scribes, Pharisees, and teachers of the law. And if you read the Beatitudes carefully and the Sermon on the Mount, there is an anti, I use this anti-Kevin theme. There's an elevation of all the people who want to be in relationship with Jesus. And so I, what happens, I think, in settings, traditional settings like ours, whatever spiritual practices I have or things I do, that, that's the model. And so we, you need to do what I do or whatever. And I wanna push back on that. See, Jesus, when he talked to Anavim, remember the people on the hillside, these are the people who basically, if, if I could push it out, they didn't really practice their religion very much. A lot of them didn't know the Torah a lot of them couldn't afford to go to religious festivals to pay for sacrifices. And so Jesus says to those people, you, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world, not the not heavens. You. And so I'm, I'm gonna, that's an introduction to a question. Could, 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 we take a, could I invite you to take a little bit of a risk if you're not a... Would you talk to each other for like two minutes about this question? If you don't want to do it, pretend you're praying. But I'd like to invite you, try it. Here's the question. How, how do I develop a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ? Could each of us just take, just take a minute, each of us? How do you do it? Because it's going to be important for me to set up where I want to take you in, in Matthew chapter 5. So if you're willing, if you could... And there's no right or wrong answers here. So know that. So, so say, I don't have a clue, and I don't want to have a clue. And someone else might say, I do this or this. Doesn't matter. Let's just have a little brief conversation. Two minutes. One, one minute for each person. How do you develop a deeper relationship with Jesus? On your marks, get set, go. so much. Can I have a slide? Jim, can I have pictures on 10 and 11? Let, let me give you a couple images that I'm going to be using repeatedly, Lord willing, in this series. The first one is this. Why, why is this relationship with Jesus, why am I pushing into this, and why does the Sermon on the Mount do this? Because most of our life is lived, lived below the surface. And what we present to ourselves is a little bit It's above the waterline. But it is in this relationship with Jesus that our character gets formed. The person that we are gets formed. And so we might do it uniquely. How you do it may be different than me and how she does it different. All I'm inviting us in in the series is, would you be willing to say, Lord, help me develop the person that no one sees, but the person that is me. Now this is where I get this sentence. I've said this repeatedly and I get, ooh, what are you talking about? I'll explain more. When, you, here's my opinion when you leave this life for the next, you take your character with you. Who you are below the surface goes with you to the next life. And so, I'm I'm talking about those who call themselves disciples of Jesus, what you're bringing with you will be the character of Jesus. You will bring. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness. You'll take that with you in the new heaven and new earth. People from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, all these people will all be connected and they're connected because they, below the surface, all these people look and are like Jesus. But then how we focus together, the next picture please. I'm always struck by the redwoods, and I want to thank Mike Redman for reminding me of this. Look at the size of those things. They're 100 feet tall. They live for a long, long year, 100 years-ish. Do you know the root system of those trees is only six feet? So it's 100 plus feet in the air. There's only six feet. How do they they stand? The root systems are all connected. Now go back to the previous picture. As we develop the inner life, who we are deep inside, the character of Jesus is being formed with us, next picture, then we stand together in life. And we are people, women and men and boys and girls who look and seem and act like Jesus. So that's what we're trying to do together. So let me just give you an example of how, where I'm trying to go deep in my relationship with Jesus. I have a deep longing. Blank screen, please, Jim. I have a deep longing. I want to hear. I want to audibly hear the voice of Jesus. It's happened to me one time. Somebody, I'll tell you about that. So yesterday when it was raining like it was raining, I'm I'm trying to learn to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear the voice. I hear him in my spirit. Yes, you know what they're talking about? But I want to hear his voice. So yesterday I was watching the rain that was just you know really pouring down, and I I just said Lord, um, I've got a question for you. If you poured out your R E I G N like the R A I N, would we have the capacity to hold your rain? I didn't hear a voice. But I heard, no, not yet. What am I modeling for you? I am trying to learn to deepen my relationship with Jesus. That's, picture again, one more time. Below the surface, this we're trying to develop. We're trying to develop this. Now, I'm going to poke, I'm going to give you a big word, and then we're going to go after the passage. Passage. What I'm gonna go after now for the next 10, 12 weeks with other teachers, we're gonna fight, listen we're going to, listen to this, we're gonna fight sin management. I wanna I want go against, because sin management, when sin management is, it leads to hypocrisy. Because I've gotta look right above the surface. So if I gotta be right above the surface, then I gotta act this Christian thing out. And below the surface, I can do whatever I want, but I gotta act it out. And what I'm inviting us to do is no, we wanna go deeper, and, and, we, and, and to do it, we gotta blow up sin management. So sin management is basically do the rules, keep the rules. Don't do this, do this, don't do that, do that. If you get caught, you're in trouble, blah, blah, blah. blah. I wanna blow that up. What I wanna show you today is another, one more week of introduction to chapter 521, is instead of sin management, we wanna live in a relationship with Jesus that is marked by love. Lord willing, third and fourth week of 23, January 23, second, third, third and fourth week, we're gonna focus on one phrase, God is love. And the way we get deeply embedded with Jesus is to live in a love relationship below the surface. Now, having said all that, can you open your Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter five? And we're trying to memorize chapter five, three through 12. Let me read that to us and then at the end I'm gonna have you just listen to a three minute clip from the audio file that we're using. Remember, Jesus speaking to the people on the fringes, chapter 5, verse 1. When Jesus saw the crowds, he began, went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. And Jesus said to them, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. Remember, I added that last week, in the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth in the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled in the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the merciful, they'll be shown mercy in the kingdom. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God in the kingdom. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called children of God in the kingdom. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, let me stop for a second. When I use the word kingdom, repeated it over and over and over, what do I mean? The kingdom is where whatever Jesus wants done is done. So what you have, in the, in, the, in the beatitudes, it is the blessedness is not in the condition, being a person who mourns or being meek or being a peacemaker or not. Be, there's there's nothing in those. The blessing comes when you're living in relationship with Jesus, the King. So, sin management says, I got to keep the rules. So, if I just do this and this and this and this, well, then I must be okay. And then God's going to accept me. And I cannot tell you how many times on deathbeds, this, this makes me so sad. And I hope this stops. But so many people on their deathbeds ask me this is the question they ask me Have I done enough to get into the heavens? No, none of us have, none of us can. We are saved by grace, through love, in faith, not by works, so that no one boasts. We're just loved into the kingdom. Yes? We're saved by grace because Jesus loves us and forgives us. And so we've got sin management. I've got to do this, and i got to do this, and i got to do this. And Jesus is going to go down this, this line and blow it up. He's going to say to these people who are not the Kevins, you gotta hear this, not the scribes, Pharisees. It's the regular people. And Jesus says to them, I'm gonna use it just like the Greek, you and you alone, emphatic, you are the salt of the earth. I'll explain that in a minute. Jesus says to these people, you, you alone are the light of the world. And they're going, what is he talking about? I don't know the Torah, I don't know all the rules. I don't That's exactly right. He invites us into his kingdom with love. He forgives us of all our sins, cleanses us of all our righteousness, and he says to us then, will you act like me, Jesus said? Will you speak what I would speak? Will you do what I would do? Will you think what I would think as though Jesus says he lives his life in us? We gotta blow up sin management. Let's watch what Jesus does. So go on, chapter five. Now let's go to verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You, you alone are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine for others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, we see the phrase, see your good deeds. We take it like this. Okay, I got to keep the Ten Commandments. Now, if they see me keeping the Ten Commandments, they're going to glorify God. That's not what he's saying. That is not what he's saying. He is saying, when your life is marked by love, when agapao, to will and do the, when our lives are marked by love, watch, watch, we are patient, love is patient, love is kind. It is not envious, it does not boast. It's not like, okay, I I gotta be loving, no. As we deeply embed our lives with Jesus, he lives his life of love through us. So let me just quickly describe this. I've got to explain. We've heard, all heard a million sermons on salt and light. Here's the best description I can find. It comes from a book entitled, the Disciple on Becoming a Truly Human. Jesus tells his hearers on the Sermon on the Mount that the purpose of following his teachings is to be salt and light to the world. Listen now, salt was a highly prized commodity in in the ancient world. In fact, listen to this, salt was the highest prized commodity in Jesus' world. You know how the Roman government paid their soldiers? Salt. Salt. Salt was highly prized, it was essential to every part of life, it was crucial to maintain power that some said, salt made the world go round. To Jesus' hearers, salt would have been associated with life and power. It was known for health and prosperity. Salt both heals and cleanses wounds and preserves food from rottenness and decay. Similarly, light is a similarly powerful metaphor. I gotta tell you a story. Uh, Shelley Rankin lives out in the country. John and Shelley live out in the country, by, by uh, somewhere by Sully. So out in the country, and she was looking toward Pella, and she saw the lights of Pella, probably the probably the mile-long lights at Vermeer. And she across so you go to the lighthouse, go straight across. It's 23 miles to Sully, straight across. In her house in, in Sully, she could see the lights of Pella. Have you ever been to a cave, underground to a cave? It is so dark you can put your hand in front of your face and you can't see it. Am I speaking the truth? So you just light a little one little candle in a subterranean cave, and that little candle illuminates the cave. So Jesus is saying just like light on a hill that people see, don't do sin management. Be a woman or a man who is so like Jesus that you are salt, that you are like. He said, and this is what's crazy. I can't emphasize it well enough. It's so strong in the Greek. You and you alone. You are the salt of the earth. So if we come back to sin management, just keeping rules, how are we doing in the United States of America today? May I, may, may I push today? If you don't like the direction our country's in, may I ask where's the salt and where's the light? Jesus said you and you alone are the salt of the earth. You and you alone are the light of the world. Now, go back to the picture again, please. So, what we do is we focus on sin and about What's above the surface? Just doing the right stuff publicly that we don't, you know, we don't get caught. And we just do the right stuff. But what's below the surface is actually who we are. So, let me go a little farther in this. I, I gotta watch my time. So, let's go down to verse seventeen. Let me read 17 through 20, and i got to bring this all together. Here we go. Do not, so he says now, because now, you sure this is what they're thinking. Do not think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So how do we typically translate that? You've got to keep all the rules. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth dis- disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen... In the Hebrew, there's something called a yod. It's like a little apostrophe. It's used throughout the language. That's the smallest thing in the alphabet. Jesus is saying, not the least stroke of a pen will disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, if anyone sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches accordingly to be called, will be called least in the kingdom of heaven, where what God wants done is done. But whoever practices and teaches these commands Will be called great in the kingdom of heaven where what God wants done is done. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So let me translate that for you in the American church today. This is what we do. So forgive me. But people say, okay, if, if how you, can I push? Okay. Kevin K at com. You, so, I'm, the sta- I, I'm your standard for righteousness. So, how I live is how you're supposed to live. What I do, you're supposed to do. And Jesus said, that's garbage. It is not true. Because no one can keep a perfect law. He's not talking about keeping a law for sin management. He is talking about women and men who choose to live a life of love, to will and do the good of another. So let me me summarize this for you real quick. Can I have slides, please? Can I have um, four? So Jesus says about salt, be life preservers, be be decay, um, what did I write? Decay preventers. Be light, be illuminators, be righteous, the narrow road. So later on in the passage, we're going to read about the narrow road. And let me again, I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to do is blow up sin management here, okay? Stay with me for a couple more weeks and we'll get clearer. But later on in, the past, in Matthew, Jesus talks about there's a wide road that many are on it. And then he talks about a narrow road that few are on it. How is that traditionally understood? Most of the world just going to hell and there's a few elect, a few have been predestined. They're on the road and everybody else is just good out of luck. And I'm saying that's not, the way, that's not what Jesus is saying. The wide road is about laws, and the narrow road is about love. Go to social media. What do you see? Everyone's fighting for their their belief, their love. How much love do you see in social media? Now, next week, you got to come back and pray for me next week that I don't screw up what I'm going to talk about. Because next week, so chapter 5, So stay with me here now, from 521 to 548, he gives six examples. Jesus gives six examples how to be salt and light and how to be righteous. And the first one is anger. Now, I want you to think about this. I'm going to throw a hand grenade at you, and we'll talk about some more in the coming weeks. If we would be able to be people who are not angry and don't lust, we would change our world. Now, if you follow chapter 5, 21 to 48, it is progressive. And what you'll see next week, he starts with anger. And we we'll give you a quick preview. So he looks at anger at three levels. And he says, be careful. Now, you want to be salt, you want to be light, you want to be people of love, the way of love. You have heard it said, six times, Jesus says, you have heard it said, but I say to you. So he looks at anger at three levels. And by the third level, it is, if I translate the word raka and told you what it literally means and said it here, the elders would ask me to leave. And Jesus said, anybody who calls his brother Raka is in danger of the fires of hell. Why? Because that's not the way of love. Well, then it goes farther. Right after anger comes lust. And people who are filled with all kinds of disbrokenness and relationships and anger, they can lust after another person, after another Anything. And it just keeps progressing. And Jesus says, oh, no, no. It's not about keeping rules. It's not, stop being angry. No, no. Jesus says, someone does this without thinking about it. Just go like this. You see, we are so marked by our relationship with Jesus that what comes out of our mouths and out of our bodies is the willing, the good of another. Next slide, please, Jim. Jesus always taught with concrete examples from everyday life. Where does he talk, teach the disciples, I'll be in salt and light and righteousness? Look at your headings in your Bible, please. Look at your headings. So next week, 521. He's going to talk about murder. He's talking about anger. 5.27, your heading says adultery. He's going to talk about sex. Chapter 5.31, he's going to talk, about says divorce. He's going to talk about relationships. Chapter 5.33, it's O's It's about telling the truth. Chapter 5.38 to the end, it's about fighting. How do you deal with enemies? Jesus takes very specific examples and says to those people he loves, you Are the salt of the earth. So handle your anger and your lust and your lying and your judging differently than the world. And it's not like, okay, I'm just gonna be a better Christian. No, don't be a better Christian. Fall in love with Jesus. Be let his life be in you. So I'm going to blow up the clergy thing again. So, you know, I'm, I'm 60, almost 68, and I've read the Bible lots and blah, 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 blah. You know how I'm most close with the Lord today? At my age, and my stage, 43 years being a pastor, I sit in the quiet, in absolute stillness, and I listen for anything the Lord sends me. And oftentimes he just pulls out of me things I've memorized. And all that does is this. However God wired you, he wants a love relationship with each of us so that what comes out of us regularly and easily is love is patient and love is kind. It is not envious. It does not boast. It is not rude. Doesn't that keep record of wrongs? Love believes all things, bears all things, endures all things. Love endures forever. So, look at this. We get to practice here how we will live forever. Isn't that amazing? We are able to practice here. A more slides, then we're gonna, I gotta, gotta move forward. Um, Real fast, Jim, let me go through 6, 7, 8. So let me just blow up sin management one more time. To emphasize Jesus' teaching in 520, and I don't have time to talk about it, most scholars think 520 is the key verse in the Sermon on the Mount. Your righteousness exceeds the scribes and Pharisees. So this is what I wrote, and what you're gonna see here is phrases come exactly from the Sermon on the Mount. We cannot be salt and light with a law. We will not live a holy life with a law. We cannot overcome hate with a law. We cannot overcome lust with a law. We cannot overcome a divorce with a law. We cannot overcome lying with a law. We cannot overcome revenge with a law. We cannot defeat enemies with a law. We cannot live generously with a law. We will not pray regularly with a law. We can't overcome materialism with a law. We will not overcome judging others with a law. Jesus revealed His disciples will overcome only through and by love. Now, the more we are women and men who love, watch, we will keep the law. Because we will say, I'm gonna honor God, first four commandments. I'm gonna honor you in your marriage. I will not have an affair with your spouse. I'm not gonna steal. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna bear false witness. Why? Because I live in the love of God. So we keep the law. What did Jesus say? Keep the law of love. One more time. Jesus, what must we do to inherit eternal life? What's the question? Sin management. What do I have to do to get in? And what is Jesus' response? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and you love your neighbor as yourself on those two commandments hang all the law and the prophets 613 laws it comes from love so love is behind this whole thing so, having said all that, I'd like to give you just an indicator of how to memorize. I'm jumping a bit, a bit of time. Can I have slide number 12, please? So, if you go online to trcpella.com Matthew 5, or if you have this little card that's all over the building, I'd like you just to hear, there's a, about a six-minute audio file every week to help us memorize the Sermon on the Mount. I'd like to hear a three-minute clip for this week just to expose you to it. Would you listen, please? And think about memorizing.
1: Matthew 5, 3-5 through Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. God, help us to not only remember your words, but would you help us this week to live from your words? Would you pray with me? Father, we live in a world obsessed with power and control. But in our pursuit of it, we harm each other. And in choosing to exercise our power and our control, we diminish, we destroy. But you call us to genuine submission, not weakness, strength to choose the good of another over our own. So today, tomorrow, and each day, would you remind us of what you chose to become nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, humbled and obedient to death, the worst death, so that you could be exalted to the highest place and made a way for us to live this life into the next with you. So would you change us today, change how we live, so others might know the way to you. Amen.
0: So that's what you receive, it's a six minute and we're just trying to gently invite us into memorizing the scriptures. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, we want to say thank you that you invite us to be a women and men and boys and girls who are marked by love. Would you create in us a longing to be those kinds of people? Would you remind us how deeply you love each of us? Would you help us to receive that level of unconditional love? Would you shape us and change us? And then you help us by our love to be people who are salt and who are light. We bless you, Lord, and we thank you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.